Welcome to this week's message from Rabbi Kevin Solomon, Senior Rabbi of Congregation Beth Hillel in Roswell, Georgia. Beth Hillel is one of the largest Messianic Jewish synagogues in the world and provides a place where Jewish people can find the Messiah, Yeshua, Jesus in Hebrew, and retain their Jewishness. It's also where Gentiles worship and embrace the roots of the faith in drawing closer to God. Click the link in the description to support this ministry or to view our YouTube channel. Let's join Rabbi Kevin now as he shares this word from Scripture. Listen, let me say, uh, of course, you know what this uh, weekend is. It's, it's no shock or surprise to you. And let me say that uh, I am in no way, shape, or form hesitant to talk about the birth of Yeshua, the Messiah. Uh, you know, some people, of course, uh, uh, recognizing that the, 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 the holiday of Christmas is not part of the, certainly not part of the historic a Jewish tradition. I'm not, I'm not afraid at all to talk about the birth of the Messiah. Now, listen. Uh, let me say this, and I know that some of you uh, uh, may bring this up. I'm quite familiar with the history uh, and with the history of the Yule, of mistletoe, of Santa Claus, of Christmas trees, of Saturnalia, the association with the Roman pagan winter solstice celebrations. Listen, I get it. I'm familiar with all that stuff at great length. I, I understand that at the same time, at the same time for sure, the birth of the Messiah of the world is one of the pivotal moments in the history of the world. Amen? I mean, that, that is a big deal, uh, to say the very least. Listen, our, our Jewish people will, will, will have a holiday at the drop of a hat. I mean, we, we have holidays when... When we survived, when people tried to kill us, and, 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 and we won, and we have, a, we have a holiday for that. You know, how much more so uh, certainly would it be appropriate for us to celebrate the birth of the Messiah, Savior of the world? Now, of course, you all know, and we all know this, that Yeshua was almost 100% not born on December 25th. Okay, listen, we all know that. And I've heard many theories as to when Yeshua was born. There's lots of theories out there. I've heard them. I've read them. Uh, and some of them I find quite compelling. Some of the rationale and reasons to define certain times, seasons, dates, when Yeshua would have been born. Of course, none of them in December. But some look at the timing of the Levitical temple service calendar. Some look at Yeshua's birth in relation to John's. Others look at circumstantial evidence like the shepherds in the field or possibly that it was during Sukkot and maybe Yeshua was born in a sukkah. You know, a, all the manger scenes that you see on everybody's lawn do look awful lot like Sukkot, don't they? They look like sukkahs. I mean, it's so funny. It's the one time it's like, wow, boy, this is, there's sukkahs everywhere, right? Okay, listen, all of these have some merit uh, when I look at them. I think that each of them, and, and they each maybe suggest a slightly different time frame, but 
I, I, I find all of them interesting, but friends, the important thing above all this stuff is that he was born. I mean, that, that's, the, that's the important thing. The Messiah of the world was born. Praise God, Baruch Hashem. Our people have been waiting for this thing for, for forever, and, and there's, most of my people are still waiting, but he's already come, but we are waiting for his return, amen? Whoo, boy, man, I'm just thankful that he was born. When exactly was it? These are things we don't need to be legalistic about and, and dogmatic and, 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 and get, all, get all worked up about. No, 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 he was born, you know, praise God. And so anybody in the world who's gonna celebrate the birth of, of a Jewish baby, hey, listen, I'm all for it, you know? I mean, there's a lot of anti-Semitism and persecution out there. Uh, and so uh, for sure, I'm, I'm celebrating this. He's the Messiah of the world. And, and also, though, it's interesting because as we look at the birth of the Messiah contextually, you'll find that the Messiah being born is the fulfillment of some of the most amazing biblical Jewish prophecies ever. If you look at the prophecies from the Tanakh, you will see time after time, them foretelling of a Messiah to come that points unquestionably to Messiah Yeshua. If you, if you re remove the modern, okay, if you kind of pare away and, and part the more modern, non-Jewish contextualization, you'll find that the birth of the Messiah is one of the greatest ways to reveal the truth that Yeshua is the Messiah to our Jewish people that there is. I want to say that again and, and, and to, to make sure everybody understands. There's so much about, if I could say Christmas, the holiday, if the holiday itself, there's so much about Christmas that is so um, disjointed with its, the Jewishness of it. And, and I'm saying if you, if you take away some of this other stuff that surrounds it that's not the core you'll find that the birth of the Messiah, because of how much it's so clearly prophesied in the Jewish prophets and the Tanakh, is one of the greatest ways to share the truth that Yeshua is the promised Messiah to our Jewish brothers and sisters. And so, and so far from running from it, I look for an opportunity on a weekend like this weekend to talk about it so that we can all have an understanding of it. And if you're uh, my Jewish friend, my brother or sister who's watching perhaps on the internet, maybe even stumbled across this particular service, I want to show you from the Jewish scriptures how the birth of the Messiah is, is such an important thing and so clearly points to Messiah Yeshua. And this is something that all of us can celebrate. Somebody say amen. amen. Ooh, you're with me. Wonderful. This is because... This is undeniably a very Jewish story. Isaiah chapter 7, please. Isaiah, Yeshayahu, Isaiah chapter 7, one of the prophecies from the Tanakh about the Messiah to come. I want you to weigh into this with me. I, I think it's pretty interesting. Some things here you are already going to know, perhaps. Other things maybe you've not looked at in the exact uh, kind of with the same lens that we'll be talking about it today. But I want you to think about it. Oh, I just love it. Also, I mean, you don't, you don't have to be Jewish. Just hearing these prophecies from old, 
hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years before Messiah's birth, and then seeing Messiah's birth should give you comfort as well that Yeshua is indeed the promised Messiah. Here's one prophecy from Isaiah, the Jewish prophet in every synagogue in the world has this right here in the Tanakh, uh, art scroll. Isaiah chapter 7, verse 13. Here's part of the prophecy, which is about the Messiah. Then he said, Hear now, house of David. Is it a small thing for you to weary men? Will you also weary my God? Therefore, Adonai himself, God himself, will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin will conceive when she is giving birth to a son, she will call his name Emmanuel. Emmanuel. Wow, very, very interesting, my friends. Again, this is from the Hebrew scriptures I point out. It's funny because sometimes, I love it when people do this, sometimes people will point out and say, uh, well, Rabbi, and uh, taking a look at the Hebrew, the, the, the word for virgin that's in the Isaiah can also mean maiden or young woman. True. But it's understood in this passage that maiden is, this maiden is a virgin. Why? Because otherwise the whole passage wouldn't make any sense whatsoever. If God himself, and I'm not even talking about the new covenant, the new covenant confirms that it was uh, talking about a virgin will conceive, and that's the correct usage of the word. But, but, but think about it also, just logically, not even referencing the new covenant. If God himself, God himself now, it says Adonai himself, God himself is giving a sign. Okay, if God is giving a sign, friends, it's going to be a big one. God is giving a sign, a big sign, right? And the sign is a young woman will have a baby. Right, exactly, exactly, <laughs> Exactly, your, your, your laughter is perfectly appropriate there. It's like, wow, okay, couldn't you have given us a little clearer sign than that? I mean, it's like, that's like everybody in the world is born from, you know, almost all from a, a young woman having a baby. I mean, there's no sign there. That's no sign. I mean, no question about it. See, the, the whole passage wouldn't make any sense if it was just, a young woman's gonna have a baby. No, a virgin will have a son. Now, that's a sign. That's a sign, friends. I mean, there's, there's no other way to look at that, man. That's a sign. A virgin will have a son. And beyond this, it explains that he will be called, this special son, born of a virgin, will be called Emmanuel, like the, the musicians sang today. Emmanuel means God with us. This is right here in the Tanakh and Isaiah. I'm not reading from the New Covenant with that. Absolutely amazing. And we know the significance of this prophecy because in Matthew chapter one, if you'd like to turn there, because the angel of the Lord was telling Joseph, Joseph that his virgin fiance, Miriam, would have a child. That was, that was kind of the whole point that the angel was informing Joseph Hey, listen, uh, buddy, your, your, your virgin fiance, Miriam's going to have a child. I, I have in my notes the word shady, <laughs> right? I mean, uh, 
without uh, a angelic understanding and edict, you, you got to think that Joseph otherwise would have been saying, yeah, sure, sure, Miriam, sure, right, uh-huh, yeah, okay, uh, that, that's what happened, right? No, 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 but the angel was sure to announce it to Joseph to let him know unequivocally, oh, listen, it's not shady, uh, this, your, your, your virgin fiance Miriam's going to have a child, that, but the angel was explaining that it was a fulfillment of prophecy from the Tanakh. Listen to what the angel says in Matthew chapter 1, verse 21. It says, and the angel says, she will give birth to a son, and you shall call his name Yeshua, for he will save his people from their sins. Now all this took place to fulfill what was spoken by Adonai through the prophet, saying, Behold, the virgin shall conceive and give birth to a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. Very interesting. So, so even within the context of the new covenant and the announcement, the announcement was made with great clarity to, in this case, Joseph. Miriam had already been sold. Why? To directly fulfill Isaiah. About what it's saying, a virgin shall conceive and give birth, and his name will be called Emmanuel, meaning God with us. And of course, it says, you shall call his name Yeshua. It says, for he will save his people from their sins. Dara always in the new members class talks about the fact that unless you understand the Jewish roots of the faith, you can't understand that scripture within its fullness. Because most, most of my Christian brothers and sisters read Matthew 1, verse 21, and it says, you, She will give birth to a son, you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sin. What's the connection? Only until you understand his biblical name, Yeshua, does the passage make sense. When you understand that Yeshua means salvation, that's what the name means, is salvation. And so if you read it that way, she will give birth to a son and you shall call his name salvation for he will save his people from their sins. It totally makes sense. Just understanding the roots and context of it, right? And remember, of course, that the reason why Yeshua had to be born of a virgin and conceived by the Holy Spirit was so that his blood was perfect and when shed would be sufficient to cover the sins of the world. See, friends, this was not merely a man. Yeshua was all God and all man. This was, this was the point of why, you know, people, sometimes Jewish people look at, at all the iconography regarding Mary, and, and, and they see this, and they hear about the virgin birth, and, and it all sounds sort of like a foreign concept, and it sounds like something that is so incredibly, I mean, and just looking at some of the things, it just doesn't feel Jewish at all until you read the scriptures and understand the context. And this is from the Jewish prophet Isaiah. And if you understand the purpose of why he had to be born of a virgin has to do with the, the sacrificial system. It, it goes all the way back to the book of Leviticus, that there's a blood atonement that's needed. It goes back to the temple, that's why Yeshua had to be born of a virgin with that perfect blood of God. Why? Because only blood could cover sins according to the Torah. This all goes back to the Torah. It's an incredibly Jewish concept if you think about it. This is a key prophecy about the Jewish Messiah to come 
that is, that is rarely read in traditional Jewish circles. But, you know, it's interesting because the lack of emphasis of the Jewishness of the Messiah and all that surrounds his birth is sadly a common refrain even amongst my Christian brothers and sisters. There's, there, there is a, a complete, I mean, if you think about even the holiday, sadly, there's a complete lack of context and, and, and certainly emphasis, if anything, de-emphasis uh, of, the, of the Jewishness of the whole event. There, there are a gazillion Christians that celebrate Christmas every year that don't even realize that Yeshua is Jewish, which is pretty remarkable. And if, if Yeshua's Jewishness is downplayed and diminished, how can we be surprised that Jewish people can't see the truth of Yeshua being the Messiah? How can we be surprised? Allow me to, this is so interesting. And as I, as I begin to examine this, it just kind of stood out to me, and perhaps it will to you as well, and will help you in your understanding and why what we're doing, y'all, is so important. If you come from a Jewish background or a non-Jewish background, part of our call, if you will, and our call and our vision is to share the good news of Messiah Yeshua with our Jewish brothers and sisters, to let them know that they don't have to give up their Jewishness, that it's a very Jewish thing to believe in the Jewish Messiah. Well, we need to understand ourselves the fullness uh, of what has happened to kind of uh, diminish uh, this perspective, if you will. So allow me for just a minute to run through, shocking, I know how this happens, but it's really true, uh, to, to run through the basic chronology of Yeshua's birth and time as a baby. Okay, so what I'm gonna do here, if you follow me, I'm going to run through chronologically time sequence and time order the basics of, of Yeshua's time uh, of his birth and time as a little baby. Now then, as I go through these elements, as I go through the chronology, I want for you to be thinking to yourself which of these events are known and celebrated at this time of year, okay? Because we're celebrating Yeshua's birth and time as a little baby. That's, that's what the world is doing right now. So I want you to think, as I'm gonna go through it, I'm gonna go through just very, very briefly a chronology of what happened. And think to yourself, which of these events are known and celebrated? Now, now mind you, again, I'm giving you the events as they come chronologically, which is a lot of people have a misunderstanding of the chronology of it. Okay, you ready? Here we go. Yeshua is born in a manger. Okay, yep, you might mentally say, yeah, that's certainly known and talked about at great length, of course, and for good reason and for beautiful. Okay, I'm gonna I'll pull back my commentary. I'll let you uh, figure out. Yeshua is born in a manger. The shepherds are told that the Messiah is born. The shepherds come and worship Yeshua. Yeshua enters into the covenant of circumcision, a command for his Jewish people. As a Jewess, in accordance with the Torah, Miriam goes to the temple to complete her ritual purification. Yeshua 
in accordance with non-Levitical Jews and as the firstborn male is redeemed in his pidyon haben, the redemption of the firstborn. The family encounters Simeon and Anna in the temple area. The star of Bethlehem leads the wise men first to Herod and then to Yeshua, whom they bring gifts to and worship. That's basically all that the New Covenant talks about in terms of events summarized in Yeshua's birth and time as a baby. What I just gave you was, was the, them in order. Now, what a coincidence it is that the three things that happened that you never hear about during this season are the three things that most explicitly identify Yeshua with his Jewishness. As a Jewish male baby, his circumcision, tying him covenantally to his people. His mother's Torah-commanded ritual purification. And as a Jewish male firstborn, his redemption through Pidyon Haben. How interesting it is that you never hear about any of those things. And you might say, well, you know, what are they going to talk about regarding the circumcision? Come on, y'all. Listen, I, I, I get, I get, it's not that you would necessarily talk specifically about the cut, okay? Here, here's, here's the point. Listen, you look at Scripture, Yeshua with a woman with the issue of blood. There's a way to artfully talk about this. This is a significant thing in his life, his circumcision, is he's following the commandments that God gave his people. And the prophecy of the Messiah coming from Bethlehem was a long-standing Jewish understanding of the words of the prophet Micah. Micah chapter 5, please. Micah 5. Isn't that interesting, Susan? I thought that you would find that very interesting. The more we understand this, the more we understand the full context of the whole story, which is very important to understand. Like Petra uh, Scott Washington, who was, I just, was just uh, at the Southeast Regional. Uh, last week, we, y'all, we had our first big Messianic conference in two years. There were like a thousand people down there at Florida, and, uh, and it was such a blessing to hear uh, some of the amazing teachers and speakers from really all across the movement, especially in our southeast region. It was, it was a beautiful thing. And, uh, but Petra Scott Washington, one of the things that she says, she is somebody who comes from a Christian background. Her father is a, is a, a very unknown and acclaimed African-American pastor. And Petra really gets it and understands. She said, I was raised knowing everything about Jesus' divinity, but nothing about his humanity. And that's such a powerful comment, always stuck with me, right? And, and, and if we say he's all God and all man, we should understand the full context of both. Micah chapter 5, verse 1, Jewish prophet Micah, my Jewish brother and sister, if you're watching online, look it up yourself, the prophet Micah, chapter 5, verse 1, it says, but you, Bethlehem, Ephratah, at least among the clans of Judah. From you will come out to me one to be ruler in Israel, 
one whose goings forth are from of old, from days of eternity. Very interesting. The prophecy says that one will come from Bethlehem who will be ruler. But this one who will come will be from of old. In fact, how old? He will be the one who's born in Bethlehem will be from eternity, it says. Wow. From out of Bethlehem will come one who will be ruler, and that ruler is actually from eternity. Ancient, old, so much so that it's eternal. That can only describe God. Only God is eternal. And this is actually quoted, you don't have to turn to it, in Matthew 2, 5, when when King Herod inquires of the Jewish religious scholars of the day where the Messiah will be born. King Herod, because he wants to be king, he doesn't want any competition, asks the Jewish religious leaders of the day where the Messiah is going to be born. And what do the religious Jewish leaders of the day do? They quote Micah chapter 5 and say, Bethlehem, Bethlehem is where the Messiah is going to be born. And they were right. And what does Bethlehem, you just like, it's, it's like Beth Hillel, Bethlehem. Uh, it's, it's, uh, it's a different way of saying Beit Lechem, okay, it's in Hebrew, just like it's really, if you were to go to Israel today, uh, you'd say Beit Hillel, Beit Hillel, okay? Beit means house, okay? Hillel means praise, so you're at Beth Hillel, the house of praise, Bethlehem, Bethlehem, means house of bread. So how interesting, the bread of life comes from the house of bread that's always so beautiful. And he will be ruler in Israel, eternal ruler of Israel. This can only be the Messiah. There's just no other way if you're given an honest reading. If, if you're watching this and you're a, a, a traditional Jewish rabbi, look at these things honestly with an, with an open mind, reading it honestly. It, it says what it says so crystal clear. It can only be the Messiah. How exciting that is. And back in Isaiah, you can turn to Isaiah 9. And back in Isaiah, a couple of chapters later from when we read in chapter 7, we read further confirmation Another prophecy about the Messiah from the Jewish prophet that is in the Tanakh. I'm giving you example after example after example that are all crystal clear. Pretty unambiguous stuff. You've got to really try to do some maneuvering to read into it, to get fake news out of it. <laughs> Isaiah chapter 9, verse 5, it says this. For unto us a child is born. We're talking about a baby here. A child is born. And specifically, it says, a son will be given to us, and the government will be upon his shoulders. His name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, my Father of Eternity, Prince of Peace, of the increase of his government and shalom, there will be no end. On the throne of David and over his kingdom, to establish it and uphold it through justice and righteousness from now until forevermore. The zeal of Adonai Tzavot will accomplish this. Oof, amen is right. Thank you, Phyllis. You're absolutely right. Very powerful. My gosh, that, that prophecy is so 
crystal clear. Some try to explain this away. I've, I've heard people try to explain this away by saying, oh, this is referring to Israel. This is, refer, this is a, a symbolic and, it, and is referring to Israel herself. However, this can't be possible. There's no possible way that this son that's given, this child that will be born, is talking about Israel. Why is there no way that it's talking about Israel? Because it specifically says that a child will be born, a son will be given, and one of this child's name is mighty God. Listen, I don't care how you look at it, Israel is never called God. And neither is anybody else, by the way, but God. So it says explicitly that a child's gonna be born, a son will be given, and his name will be Mighty God. Crystal clear, Prince of Peace, it says. Father of eternity. So this is somebody who is eternal, who is yet going to be born. A child is born, a son is given. He's gonna be eternal. And... To make it even more crystal clear, we're talking about the Messiah here. It says he will sit on David's throne forever. Unquestionably, any basic Jewish scholar will tell you that he who sits on David's throne forever is the Messiah. Everybody knows this. It says explicitly that's what this person's going to do. This is unquestionably the Messiah and unquestionably God. Some, some of my Jewish brothers and sisters don't have an understanding of how the Messiah can be God. They say he's just gonna be a man. And they don't have an understanding. Why? Because they're looking, they're looking at God. Of course, we all believe that God is one. It's part of the Shema, right? But they don't understand the, the, the compound unity that is God with the Av and the Ben and the Ruach HaKodesh, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Right? They don't understand that it's to see one is to see them, to see all three. This is unquestionably the Messiah, but it's unquestionably God. It says it explicitly, and unquestionably a baby boy who is born. And sure enough, sure enough, when the angels told the Jewish teenager Miriam that she would bear Yeshua, what was she told? Well, she was told this in part, Matt. We'll actually go to Luke, Luke chapter one, if you'd like to, to follow along. It's very interesting because it's essentially a reference to what we just read in Isaiah. In Luke chapter one, verse 32, the angel tells Miriam, she says, or rather the angel tells Miriam, he being Miriam's child, Yeshua, he will be great and will be, and will be called Ben Elyon, son of the Most High. Adonai Elohim will give him the throne of David, his father. He shall reign over the house of Jacob for all eternity, and his kingdom will be without end. Wow, that's just what we read in Isaiah. That is just what we read in Isaiah prophesied and fulfilled, prophesied and fulfilled, prophesied and fulfilled, prophesied and fulfilled. Powerfully, 
because they all go to show the truth that Yeshua is indeed the promised Messiah of all of Israel and of all the world. They all go to show this. Yes, my friends, Yeshua's birth is worth celebrating for all of us, for all of us. Because even in his birth, we see an amazing prophecy and prophecies that have been fulfilled before us and before our very eyes. And this is also, of course, of special note to you who are also not Jewish, those who are of the nations. This birth of this baby is also so incredibly significant for you as well of the nations. Why? Because when the baby Yeshua was brought to the temple for his pidyon haben, the old man Simeon awaited him. And what did Simeon say? You can turn to Luke chapter 2 as we prepare to close. Luke chapter 2. Mm. What did Simeon say? Whew, boy, this just, it feels good. To, I, feel, I feel Simeon and all of us here, Jew and Gentile alike, can feel Simeon here because it's good stuff. Verse 28, Simeon received him, being Yeshua, into his arms and offered a bracha, a blessing to God, saying, what did Simeon say to God? What was his prayer? He said this, verse 29. Now may you let your servant go in peace, O sovereign master, according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the presence of all peoples a light for revelation to the nations and the glory of your people, Israel. Oh, man. Oh, wow. My non-Jewish brother or sister, Yeshua is a light of revelation for you. He is the light of revelation for you. Within him, is the answer to all of your questions. He is the light that shines in the darkness of this world. He is the light that shines the path to, to salvation, which is Yeshua. And my Jewish brother and sister, Yeshua also is the glory of his people, Israel. The title of my message is A Very Jewish Story. <laughs> Praise God. Let's bow our heads. I want to ask if there's anybody here today who's never said a prayer to receive Yeshua into your heart, if you've never committed your life to God, but you'd like to, how about today? If you've never said a prayer to receive Yeshua as your Messiah, but you want to, raise your hand and we'll have a prayer together. If you've never given your life to God, is there anyone? If you're watching online and you've never said a prayer to receive Yeshua into your heart, but you'd like to, repeat this simple prayer after me and the Lord will change you on the inside. Say, dear God, I, I humbly come before you I ask Yeshua to come into my heart. 
I believe he's risen again, sitting at your right hand. Please forgive me my sins, God. I'm sorry. I'll live the rest of my days for you. Thank you, God. In Yeshua's name. If you said that prayer for the first time, if you're here with us today, please see me after the service. I want to encourage you. If you're watching online or listening on podcast, then please send us an email. We want to celebrate with you as well. Oh, Lord, I thank you. I thank you for this time. I thank you for this season. Not, I'm not talking about all the, the, some of the some, some, at least some of the stuff that goes along with it. Some of the stuff's great. But, Lord, I, I, I thank you that you sent the Messiah and that he came, and it's such a remarkable and surprising way, but it was all according to your plan as this child. Oh, thank you, Lord, that the Messiah of the world came and was born and that's, that is something worth celebrating. So I thank you. For, I thank you for all of our Christian brothers and sisters all over the world who uh, hold great and understandably have great, hold great meaning and significance to this, this weekend. And I pray that you bless each of them and that this special season uh, brings them and all of us even closer to you, Lord, as we, as we focus on the, the amazing miracle and the generosity that, that you provided by sending your son, Messiah Yeshua, into this world to be an atonement for us. It's so unbelievable. Thank you, God. You're very good. We love you with all of our hearts, and we thank you for these things. And we ask them in the name of the Messiah Yeshua. Amen and amen. Thank you for listening to this week's message from Rabbi Kevin. Please like, subscribe, and share this link with a friend. We would be grateful to receive your tax-deductible gift to further the good news of Messiah Yeshua. To make a contribution, please click on the PayPal link in the description. Also, to view our regular services, click the link in the description for our YouTube channel. If you would like more information about Yeshua the Messiah or how you can become part of our Bethlehem family, please visit our website at www.bethlehem.org. That's B-E-T-H-H-A-L-L-E-L.org. Or call 770-641-3000. If you are in the metro Atlanta area, please visit us for an Arab Shabbat service, Friday nights at 8 o'clock, or Shabbat services, Saturday mornings at 11. God bless and Shalom. Nine, 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 nine.